Well, good day, good day, good day. As I said before, and I'll say again, wherever you are, whatever time it is where you are, and whatever you might be doing where you are, thank you for being here with me at the kitchen table. This is Arctic Eric, and this is Fika with Arctic Eric. I'm looking forward to our discussion today, to say the least, but I'd like to begin. This is a, a year of celebration for me. Let's see what's happening. I'm discovering that 70 is not old. I'm discovering that uh, 35 years has just flown by since my first trip here to the wonderful land of the midnight sun to Sweden. And this year I celebrate 30 years since moving here permanently. And important is my I Met Jesus Day 44 years ago. I must admit, I'm amazed that his amazing grace truly has sustained me all these years. I hope you're experiencing life in the grace race. It's so good. Well, today I've got a thought, and the title of that thought is, Two Full-Time Jobs? Now, I know that in my own life there have been times when I've had more than one job, and I would think that you may have experienced that very thing, but I must admit I've never had two full-time jobs. Let's take a look at this idea of two full-time jobs. You know, if if someone is working two jobs, maybe even close to two full-time jobs, then let's look at the price. The price that's paid is in relationships, among other things. Relationships with our family, relationships with our spouse if we're married, relationships with our children if we, if we have children, because time is consumed with survival. And of course, we want to survive, but actually we want to thrive. But relationships pay a tremendous price when we have two full-time jobs. And I unfortunately have met many, many people with only one full-time job, but really they had two. Jesus says to us in scripture, don't you love the word of God, the Bible, that living word made alive because the Holy Spirit, the teacher on the inside, the one who reveals truth, likes to show us Christ in the scripture. But Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened, actually overburdened by rich religious rituals that provide no peace. Jesus says, I'll give you rest. I'll refresh your soul. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, says Jesus, and learn of me, following me as my disciple, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, renewal, refreshment, and blessed quiet for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light, says Jesus. My yoke is wholesome, it's useful, it's good. The Christ's yoke is not harsh, it's not hard, it's not sharp, it's not pressing. But his yoke is comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And his burden is light and easy to be borne. Now, Jesus is saying this 
to everyone, and in particular to those who are bound by religion, by religious tradition, by religious rituals, and quite frankly by the rules of the organization that one is trying to please God in. You know, the thing that pleases God, and it's not the purpose of this message, but it comes to mind here at the kitchen table. Thanks again for being here. What pleases God is faith. Faith, faith, faith. Trusting him to do the good work. So we we can end up in a situation here, like in the book of Acts, and we're going to continue also uh, after Acts and look a little bit here at, at Galatians. But we can see that there's been a challenge for two full-time jobs since day one, since being kicked out of the garden, if you will. And here in Acts, we, we can see there's a struggle going on because folks have come down and are beginning to teach. Boy, we got to be careful what we listen to. They're beginning to teach in, in Acts chapter 15 that unless you follow the rules and regulations, you can't be saved. Now, Paul and Barnabas, who had had an intimate daily meeting with Jesus and a life in him, knew that this wasn't right. So they disagreed and they debated with them. And then they went up to the apostles and elders. And in the end, listen, it's about faith in Jesus Christ. It's not faith in Christ plus anything, but it's faith in Jesus Christ by grace. But they had a long debate. Oh, wouldn't you have liked to have been there? To hear that debate. I'm, I'm glad for what's recorded. But you know, this debate goes on even today. Even today. And in verse 8, we read, And God, who knows and understands the heart, testifies to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between them and us, cleansing their hearts by faith in Jesus. A cleansed heart. Now then, he's asking them, those who want to keep rules, salvation is not Jesus plus. Salvation is in Christ alone, faith in him. But he says, now then, why are you testing God by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we have been able to endure? But we believe, and I believe, and I hope you believe, that we're saved through the precious, undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, which makes us free from the guilt of sin and grants us eternal life. But we can see that there's a problem with yoking. Jesus says, be yoked unto me. And the, the Pharisees, the religious folks, came and said, yes, yes, yes. Now, look, the, these were believing Pharisees. And yet, they wanted to put a yoke on those believers. And I meet so many people under different kinds of yokes, in different kind of rule-keeping, different kinds of obedience and loyalty to something other than obedience and loyalty to Christ alone. But let's continue here. I want to jump over to Galatians. And, and these verses is where uh, the idea of fika comes from. Freedom in Christ always. Freedom to know him. Freedom to go with him. Freedom 
to be used by him to be a blessing to those around us. All right, let's look here. This is Galatians 4, uh, the last verse, 31, and Galatians 5, 1. Are you ready? Good. So then, believers, we who are born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, we are not children of the slave woman or the natural, but the free woman, the supernatural. In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then and don't be hampered and held ensnared and submit again. Listen, don't submit again to a yoke of slavery which you have once put off. Listen, you've put off that yoke of law-keeping, tradition, religious activity. You've cast that aside, and you're yoked with Jesus, the one who began a good work in you and who wants to complete it. But how many people are trying to complete things for God in themselves, in their life? in their character, in their nature. Yeah, it's good to try, but we're going to fail. One full-time job, and that's the things that we do here on the planet to live. But the second job is to be yoked continually to Jesus, to sit at his feet and learn of him, to allow him to take the lead, to allow him to be the doer, by the person of the Holy Spirit living in you, and not taking upon ourselves another yoke, a yoke of slavery to rule-keeping. And that rule-keeping will eventually, listen, steal from our daily personal relationship with Jesus. Paul goes on to say in chapter 5, listen, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. Then you'll not carry out these desires of the sinful nature. Listen, all this kind of religious activity to satisfy God is not what God is looking for. God is looking to satisfy us as we're yoked to Jesus Christ. As we discover he is our very life and we are in him and he is in us. And obviously, this freedom we have is not a freedom to sin, but a freedom from sin to serve others. So many people are fighting and fighting and fighting against a nature that they themselves cannot conquer. But the conqueror, the transformer, the sin killer, he lives on the inside of all who believe. Oh my, we're spending quite a bit of time here at the kitchen table today. But listen, if you're suffering from two full-time jobs, one, trying to do all the practical things that this life requires, and the other, trying to keep your God happy, I like to say it this way, get another God. Get the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the Lord Jesus Christ, the good Father who becomes our Father through faith in Jesus when we're born again, and allow him to work in you. Allow him to show you, I am a good Father, 
I am a good God, and I will help you to live this life. He's not asking us to live it out of our own power and strength. He says, listen, come to me if you're tired of trying to perform and failing. I want you. Cast that care upon me because I want to refresh your soul with salvation and deliverance. I want to give you renewal and refreshment and blessed quiet for your soul. Let us be yoked up with Jesus. And listen, when you're listening to teaching and and it comes through sometimes a whole list of musts, things that you must do to maintain a relationship, listen, you did not put yourself in this grace race. God called you. God wooed you. God made it possible for you to hear the good news. You're the one who believed in your heart, and at that moment you were, you were renewed, you were transformed, you were born again, and the first fruit of that being born again is you confessed out of your mouth, yes, Lord, yes, Jesus. And one scripture says the same way you meet him is the way you walk in him. And we live in him by faith through grace. We allow him to complete us so that we don't fall back into being a born-again believer, a believer in Christ as these Pharisees were, but at the same time, we're just adding a little something to it. Listen, if you add anything to Jesus only as the way, the truth, and the life, you then have another gospel. You have a gospel that's going to take you into works, into disappointment, and eventually, potentially, into despair because you're going to feel like you're never good enough. Listen, it's not about us being good enough. It's about the fact the goodest one. I know that's not good English. He lives on the inside of you. That's right. He is your goodness, your righteousness, your holiness. His name is Jesus. Well, I can see time is is going quickly. I'm going to say again, thank you for joining me here at the kitchen table. May the Lord bless you today. Good day.